Welcome into Tailgate, the Christmas edition of Tailgate, which you freaking love to see. We got our NFL Week 16 preview, a bunch of games to go over, our listener mailbag. Make sure you rate, review, rate and review the podcast. Leave your questions on Apple Podcasts to get in the, on the listener mailbag action where we answer listener questions. And then back end of the show, trivia, me and Mike and Quinn attack some of the trivia questions submitted by listeners. Let's get it. Do you even want to discuss the Tuesday games? Not really. They were gross. I mean, pretty much as expected. I mean, Washington had no one. They started Gary Gilbert. Wasn't he on the roster last week? Might as well start Kendall Hinton. No, nah, he was a little bit better than that, but it, it was, wasn't terrible. It I wasn't know, it was, like really awful. wasn't, but um, they kind of went, played out, I would say, as expected in both. <laughs> Is Ru- what's going on with Russell Wilson though? Like, is Russell Wilson cooked? He goes fi- seventeen of thirty-one for one fifty-six and a pick in this game. Took three sacks as well. One of the lowest graded games we've seen from him this season. The let Russ cook movement is dead. Like, it's not even being brought up anymore. And I know they like you know they they the, the Seahawks season has been bad from the jump. But man, like Russell Wilson, this like perennial top six quarterback in the NFL, has not looked apart in a while. Yeah, and he looked. That's such a weird thing. It's like he looked so good start the year. And finger injury has looked like ass since. Like complete, like terrible. Like his numbers have been atrocious. He hasn't had a 300-yard game since then. Um, and it's not just, and it's not even like he's throwing picks. He's kind of just like holding on the ball, not even like take, throwing the ball down the field. I don't know. It's difficult to describe, but we have enough sort of data to suggest that it probably is still related to the injury. Or there's more going on behind the scenes than just, Russ is not washed at this point. He's still an elite quarterback, but shit, he is not playing like it ever since that injury. Are you buying the Rams as deep postseason contenders? The hell was that? Sorry, I don't know. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, the Rams deep postseason contenders? Yeah. I think, the, like I said, whoever gets the one seed has a massive leg up in the NFC, but that tier, that top tier of teams, which is – Five teams, two in the AFC West, NFC West, and then the division leaders in the North, South, and East all have a very good shot. I mean, I, it's really going to be matchup-based at that point. Like, there are certain teams I think match up well against certain other teams in that group and vice versa. So, yeah, I think I think I really do think the NFC is wide open as opposed to the AFC that kind of looks a little more – Top heavy. I want to say the, the the AFC is top heavy, but every time I do, Colts fans want to fucking kill me. Yeah, well, you get Chiefs, Patriots, who I think both buying those as contenders. Colts, Chargers, Bills, and you could even throw the Bengals in there. Bengals are eight and six, currently the four seed. Like I was gonna say, there's a Bengals fan back here that wants to kill you. <laughs> the only team I don't like that's currently of the seven that would be in the playoffs if the playoffs start today is probably the Titans. Because the Titans are just injury plagued, and they don't have Julio Jones has been banged up, AJ Brown's been banged up, and they don't have Derrick Henry probably until the playoffs, if not, you know, through the playoffs. So all of those other teams have proved me wrong at some point this season, if not proved me wrong multiple times. I, I think the the top heaviness for either conference isn't there, right? It has been such a paradise season. Cardinals losing to the fucking Lions. You have um, you know Cowboys. Remember that Cowboys stinker against the Broncos? Like that, no one saw coming. I, I, I'm interested in just just how 
just how much the good teams prevail in the playoff picture. If we get some shocking one and dones, like Patriots go one and done or Cardinals go one and done, it would be one of the more paradise seasons I think we've seen in a long time. Um, Jalen Hurts, I wanted to finish the, the Tuesday games with the Jalen Hurts conversation. A lot of people want to back Jalen Hurts. A lot of people don't want to take a quarterback. In the draft, and I know they you have bring three... this up every week. We I don't do have bring, to keep. I don't bring this up every. You bring week. it up every week. We do not have to keep talking about Jalen Hurts I and if he's the guy. We really don't. There, we really have three more weeks, and more likely than not, like I said on the last show, with the playoff, with the schedule they have going into the playoffs, they will likely make the playoffs. I believe they have are in the driver's seat now for the seventh seed, for my money. Um, we have a lot of time to talk about this. All right, and all right. with where they will be drafting with all three of those picks now being in the teens, it's not like they're getting the top quarterback on the draft board or in the position to do so. So I, th- I think we're, we don't have to talk about it right now yet again. That's all I'm saying. Fine. We won't talk about it. Jalen Hurts played well in this game. He's he played top. well, but that was like that was a defense that lost William Jackson early in that game. He had a lot of layoffs. Now he's progressing. Like he's looked good for certain, and he's a big key to that running game. But... I, th- I think I've said my piece of we've yet to see stretches of elite football. We've seen competent football. Everyone has the bad games that we saw from a couple weeks ago against the Giants, but we still haven't seen elite four stretches. That's what I want to see. I think that is probably the best way to sum it up. Maybe I'll yeah. never bring it up again. Please, please, please. <laughs> 49ers at Titans is Wait, before we get into this, we said on the Catch and Early Buzz here a few weeks back, or a week back, we said – about how we signed a have a contract, yeah, and that you weren't living up to it. It's been terrible. You have, you, you owe me, I think, over a thousand dollars at this point, <laughs> with all the days you've missed. So, in the spirit of that, I'm waving your debts in the holiday spirit and trying to get you back on track. So I have a little something for you. I have a pre-workout for wow. you. Wow! As an early Christmas gift. Wow! To try to get you back on track. You got me here. pre-workout. Should I take a scoop right now? Yeah, don't Hold it take up. A scoop Let me right see. Now. I'll take a scoop right now. Got the pre-workout. Renner's trying to get me back on track, and I'm going to take a scoop with coffee. Do a line. Do a line. <laughs> I've never done a line. How many BCAAs are in that bad boy? All right, I'm doing Don't it put it in your coffee. How many BCAAs I'm going to take it and, then, and chase it with coffee uh, right now. Yeah, how many BCAAs? I don't know. It's, it's, got, it's, it's all a, about the BCAAs, I've used the BCAAs. Oh, it's just a dry there scoop. There it is. All over the sweatshirt. Fantastic. This is going to be the best part yet. <laughs> That was fire. <laughs> the best part about it is you told him to do a line. It looks like he did a line because it's all over a sweatshirt yeah. and his face. You're getting kicked out of the bar here. Wow. Powdery Christmas it's it is. It's good stuff. I'm back. 49ers Titans. Um, wow, that shit is fucking... It's good. Aggressive. The amino energy. 49ers Titans. Thank you for getting that. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Of course. I'm yeah. getting back on track. I am... So for those... Paying attention to the habit contract. I weighed the day I did this habit contract 199 pounds. I almost killed myself. <laughs> I was almost 200 pounds at five foot nine. I, I mean, that's, that's like Jalen Richard, and Jalen Richard is like say, jacked, yeah. you know, like, or like um, DeAndre Washington back in the day. And they're like five foot nine, like 210, 215, but they're jacked. I was like a five foot nine doughboy. Now I'm officially 184. So we're down some poundage. You're 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 holding up the diet into the bar. Yeah, I'm which holding is the bigger, up the, di- the yeah. biggest end of the bar again. The diet's the everything. The diet's everything. Yeah. I've been doing some intermittent fasting. I haven't been eating a lot. 
I've been starving myself at night. It's been tough. No, it, it's been tough, but I'm 184. So 199 to 184. Quinn's been doing such a great job with the graphics. Maybe he'll start to, we'll get like a little little graph of the scale yeah. and how it's going. I'll update every single pod. I'm 182. I'm 181. Last night I had a feast. I'm 189. Again, whatever. But the pre-workout has me fucking feeling good. I'm, I'm ready to rock and roll. Chasing it with games. coffee, I think, is illegal in some states. I thought you were going to put it in the coffee. That's why I was like, do not do that. <laughs> that would have ruined my coffee. Yeah. All right, 49ers and Titans, what everyone came to the podcast for. Titans are three-and-a-half-point dogs at home. We have talked about the Titans like the redheaded stepchild for a while. <laughs> like, oh, man, they're so injured. Oh, they're so shit. They're they not are. winning any games. But they aren't playing well. 82% of the cash is backing San Francisco this week. Titans are still injury-plagued on both sides of the ball. Julio now battling the infamous Julio hamstring. You have A.J. Brown still on the injured reserve. Um, Derrick Henry obviously still out. Their offensive line has also been banged up. Like the Titans have not had, have not struck any luck on the injury side of things. And San Francisco is on like the opposite end of the spectrum. San Francisco is fucking rolling. Jimmy G yeah. ranks second in EPA per play. Uh, completion percentage over expected composite on the season, I believe, right behind Aaron Rodgers. He has been phenomenal. I love their skill players. I said that in the last pod. Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, all cooking, all at the right time. I think the 49ers go on the road and cover the three and a half. I think this number two might might blow up a little bit. 82% of the cash on San Francisco early week. I think you could see this number get to four, four and a half, five, especially as it cruises through non-key numbers. Yeah, so AJ Brown could be back this week, and that could swing it to the Titans' favor. But to me, that's the only way this swings in the Titans' favor. If you're sending out that three wide, if you don't have A.J. Brown, you don't have Julio Jones, you don't have Derrick Henry, you do not have your offense. And yeah. you kind of need your offense. You do. In today's NFL. That's a big part of yeah. the game. It's half the game. Or a way, a third of the game if you count special teams. Um, but it gets, especially against this 49ers team, that, like you said, is rolling offensively. Jimmy G, highest grade quarterback since week eight. Now, obviously a lot of that is they have their back at full strength with all those weapons. And Brandon Ayuk, like I said on this past week's pod, is looking very good. Is getting open. Debo Samuel. I think he is a better weapon. like vertical route yeah. runner. I mean, yes. maybe not he's better. More I mean, he's more explosive down the football He's, he's a Debo. very good vertical route runner and yeah. how they leverage him compared to how they leverage Debo Samuel. I think yeah. Kyle Shanahan has a type at receiver. I think he has a type for skill player, right? It's these guys yeah. that can like are just uber explosive and can create wild separation in tight spaces. That's what Samuel is, Ayuk is, and even Kittle at the size that he is. And I think they're – even Jawan Jennings, right? Like Jawan yeah. Jennings, that's what they wanted Jalen Hurd to be when they drafted Jalen Hurd. Yeah. They, the type that he has at skill player is working Dude, so well for this office. Yeah. yeah. So I, I believe in the 49ers in this one. I believe in you. Dude, this, this – I'm ready for this thing to hit because <laughs> I'm feeling pretty solid. The amino energy is hitting. Um, Browns at Packers. Packers favored by seven. You're in attendance for this game. Me You so graciously invited me to your Christmas, and you're doing the Christmas in Lambeau with your family. I had to turn it down because I got a bunch of work stuff, but I wanted to shout you out on the pod. That was very generous fun. of you. It would have been sweet. Now, only if Packers win. If it wouldn't have been, you would have seen So what I have in my notes here is that since you're there, it's an automatic L. I don't think it's going to be a dub. No, I'm kidding. I, the Browns <laughs> The Browns are going to be coming off a short week. They played on Saturday, and now they're playing on – or no, they played on Monday, and now they're playing Saturday again. Garrett questionable with the groin. You saw him banged up in that Raiders game. And they need a whole bunch of talent to come off the COVID list. Baker, the other quarterbacks that they have, Kareem Hunt, etc. They need a ton of talent to come off the COVID list. I don't like this Browns team on a short week. I think they lose, and I think Packers cover the seven. I would not be surprised if this number grows a bit and gets out to maybe a seven and a half and you feed them the hook just because it is a short week for the Browns. I think that could be a reason it's backed. But – 
The line did open at seven and a half, got bet up to eight and a half, and is now back to seven. So it'll be interesting to see how this line kind of progresses forward. I think a lot of it will be how the Browns come out of this just injury disaster that they have. I think the last time I was actually in attendance and the Packers lost a football game was 2013 playoffs against the 49ers. Field goal at the last second, Colin Kaepernick. So I feel good about my chance of them winning. I don't feel great about the chance of the Packers covering them. Okay. Seven's a lot. I guess a team that, yeah, like the Browns look like ass this past week because they missed every single player offensively. But this offensive line is going to give this Packers defensive line fits when back at full strength, getting Jedrick Wills back. They will be able to run the ball against this Packers defense, and that's kind of been the secret sauce against the Packers is getting them out of that those two high looks. And I think the Browns will f- very – easily be able to do that with the running game. So I'm a little worried about that. And I'm a little worried about Yosh Nyman going up against Miles Garrett. So give me the Browns to cover as yeah. an emotional hedge. I like it. I like an emotional hedge. I, I, the last Raiders game I went to, and it was the last Raiders game in Oakland, I went with my dad. My dad got completely obliterated. Nice. And I followed suit. It was the Raiders-Cowboys game where Derek Carr did the infamous dive and fumbled into the fucking end zone, and we lost. <laughs> It was, it was so, Jeff Heath forced that fumble. My, I remember my dad, like, can't really see because he's blind from the liquid courage. Mm. And he's like, Did, what happened? I was like, we're fucked. I was like, dad, we're screwed. It's over. It was not a fun ride back. We took Bart back. It's, if you go to a Raiders, uh, no, you can't. You can't go to a Raiders game in Oakland. You can't go to a Raiders game in Oakland. But I, if you could, if you could turn back the time, never drive. Go to take A's Bart. Take, yeah, go to an A's game while they're there. Never drive. Take Bart. Because Bart. Barrier Railroad Transit is everything. It's everything. You get the vibes. You get the people on BART who are a little scary. It's all It's all about it. And when you get off BART, there was this lady, or at least she used to be there, who would sell dollar churros that they were size of like three forearms. They were hot. They were hot. But- That's like going to Soldier. Don't Never try to drive into Soldier Field in Chicago. Always go somewhere, park somewhere else. You know what we got to do one time? Take this pot on the road. Me and you head out to the Bay Area. We catch a Warriors game. We catch an A's game. Hang out with Vinny G, Papa Gale. And see where things takes us. I go, I'd, I'd be down. I've only driven through. I've never actually been. Dude. In. I, you know what's crazy is I don't think I've been and stayed. You know, not, I have visited my family a long time, whatever. But I haven't been there as an adult. Like, you know, I, like, it's like my hometown, yeah. right? But like just, being there as like yeah. an 18-year-old plus person is way different than obviously the experience I had when I was a kid. Um, could do more drugs. No, I'm just kidding. Lions at Falcons. Falcons favored by five and a half. One, you missed the Colts Cardinals. Oh, I missed the Colts Cardinals. I'm going to skip it and then go back to it because right. it's a big game. Lions at Falcons. This game obviously is not between playoff contenders. Falcons, though, are still favored by five and a half. The five and a half against a Dan Campbell that I think is like nine and five against the spread this year. He has been phenomenal at keeping the Lions in games. Dan Campbell is the dog you need in your life on Christmas. And here's a stat for you here's a little cheeky stat Goff in a dome this year. 62.7 PFF grade. Not in a dome, 58.7. Feed me golf in a dome. That little difference there. I think they cover. They might win, dude. Falcons are good. Thank Falcons you. are shit this year. Terrible stat, man. Here's a better stat for you. The Lions have a better point differential than the Falcons this year. Wow, that is a better stat. That is a better stat. Yeah, they're on the road, but I think they're legitimately playing as well, if not better, than the Falcons have played. Mm-hmm. I'll take the Lions in this. That's yeah. a big ass number. This was the first. This is the one number this week that I was like, that one just like didn't compute. Yeah. Like that one, 
I didn't see the rationale. This one should have been like a three. I think there's another number later that I'm I, I think is a little it ridiculous. Did not compute. A little ridiculous, but we'll get down there. This is one of the games of the weekend, dude. Colts at Cardinals. This is the other Saturday game, the other Christmas Day game. Yeah. It's gonna be awesome. Cardinals opened as one and a half point favorites over the Colts at home. They've been bet down now to just a half point favor, neither nearly a pick. These are two teams that have gone on this podcast and other shows as well and faded. I have not joined the Red Sea. I have not joined the, the Blue Steel Curtain in Indy. I think that's it. <laughs> Cardinals run defense is horrendous, as evidenced by their absolutely disastrous showing against the Detroit Lions and the Kutztown guy, Craig Reynolds. They're 15th in EPA per, allowed, 15th in EPA per play allowed per rush on the season, I think bottom 10 over the last five weeks. On the other side, Matt Eberflus, absolutely in his bag right now. He has a top five defense in EPA per pass allowed. He's been limiting offenses, and the Cardinals are down. DeAndre Hopkins isn't playing in this game. Antoine Wesley is playing in this game. This Cardinals offense is struggling to overcome that. I like their run game. Like I think James Conner and Chase Edmonds had some success against Detroit, but they're going to need to throw to this one, and I think Eberflus bottles down the Red Sea, and the Colts win. I'm backing the Colts, Colts fans. I've been mean to the Colts all year long. I have not put my faith in this run game and this defense because Carson Wentz is ass. But I don't think they need Carson Wentz to play well in this one to win. And I think Jonathan Taylor rolls against a bad Cardinals run defense and Eber Flew shows up against Kyler Murray. Yeah, Cliff Cliff needs a bounce back in. Cliff Kingsbury, that, that is. Like, he needs to prove his worth in this one because his game plan for dealing with the out, without, with, my God, without DeAndre Hopkins was to give Antoine Wesley 64 snaps. like to, And we've talked about how that offense has very defined roles for the wide receivers. Um, and that's why DeAndre plays left wide receiver uh, exclusively, almost. Like, barely moves around, unlike a lot of the top guys in the NFL nowadays who they move around so that you can avoid double teams. They don't do that in Arizona. But he has to be a little more flexible. You have to be a little more flexible because you have to get better personnel on the field. You cannot give Antoine Wesley 64 snaps and give Rondell Moore a half dozen or a dozen. That's just, that does not compute from a talent perspective. So we shall see. I, from what I saw the last week, no, they give me no re reason to be encouraged that they will. No reason for optimism. So I'm going to go Colts, and I like Colts big in this one. Unless, not unless, but they need Colts. Cardinals need Zayvon Collins big time in this game. This is why they drafted him, is to stop teams like this. Yeah. Because Cardinals have eighth, eighth Dude, worst run. Zayvon Collins meeting Jonathan Taylor in the hole. Yeah. I want to see that. Both of the full head of steam, both square to the line of scrimmage. Mm -hmm. I want to see it. I want to see it. I think this might be the pre-workout. I'm a little scatterbrained, but there was um, – something we missed on the Tuesday slate of games. Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup, I think, now has uh, over 1,500 yards. I think he's on pace now to be in rarefied air with Calvin Johnson to break the receiving yards record. We put him on bus watch last week. Hall of Fame watch. That's true. It's true. I think we got to give Cooper Cup his due. Cooper Cup his due. He was, I mean, we did. We said he's on like this is a legitimate path. He had a four-year stretch starts career that was good as far as top first four-year stretches go. Mm -hmm. But now it's this sort of prime stretch the next four years. If he puts together this kind of numbers, 1,625 yards and 14 touchdowns ready, 122 catches. Those are insane numbers for one season, mm -hmm. and he has three games left. So if he gets up over – I mean, he breaks Calvin Johnson's record, he probably only needs a few three or four more like elite years, and I think he, he's in the Hall of Fame conversation. It's – and we were just talking Jonathan Taylor. We feel like they're going to roll against Arizona. He's minus 110, Jonathan Taylor, to win Offensive Player of the Year. Cooper Cup 
is also minus 110. It's a two-dog race. No other player is more than plus 3,500. It's going to be either Taylor or Cup who wins this award. Where would you lean right now? Yeah, I mean, those two are... Which is so much of a better conversation, by the way, than the yeah. fucking MVP yeah. one. Like, with, with, with Michael Silver, like, what are we doing here if Cooper Cup's not involved? Or Jonathan Taylor needs to be in the MVP conversation. Let them win Offensive Player of the Year. Yeah. Truthfully, it's it's Trent Williams. Trent Williams has been yeah. the best player. Okay, cool. He's been the best. You think you're, you're there's my PFF there's my hipster guy. PFF take. Nice. It's really the offensive line. I think Sam Monson tweeted that. No one hurt. No one's heard about. <laughs> I'm, I, I watch football more than you. No. Um, you know who needs to be it is Creed Humphrey. <laughs> Creed Humphrey deserves offensive player and offensive rookie of the year. Yeah, but of those two, I watched between the tape. those two, that one's fucking tough. I mean, I think. <sighs> who would you rather have for the next five years? Cooper Cup. Yeah, I think that's who you give it to. All right. Cooper Give it, to Give it to Cooper. Give it to Cooper. I think that Colts fans are going to hate me again. Colts fans, I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm joining the Red Sea. <laughs> or, wait, with the blue steel curtain. Mm. On Back to the games. Bucks, Panthers. Yikes. Panthers are 11 point dogs at home. Now, I backed the Bucks as 11, point, 11 and a half, 12 point favorites over the Saints, and they didn't even score a point in that game, and they lost 9 0. However, we really didn't go into depth about how much of that was just like one of the worst losses any sort of playoff Super Bowl contender has like ever had yeah. that didn't lose their quarterback. Because they lost Chris Godwin for the season, Mike Evans for the foreseeable future, Levante David for the foreseeable future, and not Leonard the season. Fournette season. Yeah, these guys are all likely for the season outside of Godwin, who's definitely for the season, and Leonard Fournette. Like, one Godwin's game also out for the playoffs. to not score a point, to lose all those guys is absolute insanity. It was a. Fucking... Remember before the year. So remember before the year, we would go like, "What's the Achilles heel?" or "Or what's you know what's how yes. do the Bucks lose?" Yeah. Right? And it's like, well, they could survive injuries. It's just an injury to Tom Brady. Well, losing Evans, Godwin, Levante, David, Leonard Fournette, Antoine Winfield still questionable with an injury. He didn't play mm-hmm. in that game. Jamel Dean questionable with an injury. Richard Sherman has battled injuries. They have been hurt across the board. When you get injuries like this, this bad down the stretch, especially at key positions, this could. Be the cheek in their armor. I mean, this could ultimately, you know, bring them down see, and I, keep them from being Super Bowl favorites. Yeah. See, I hate this line though because eleven points. Bucks are still the much better football team. Yeah. And I watched Cam Newton play quarterback last week. <laughs> it wasn't good. And so any other team, I would be like, eleven points. That's too much. Like they don't have enough offensively. Now they get Antonio Brown back, but it's still. I don't think they're going to look – you just aren't going to look the same when you lose that level of talent. But the Panthers, do I trust them to score 10 points this week? No, yeah. I don't. I, I don't do. trust them to score 10 points. <laughs> so I'm going to go Buccaneers. So the Bucks are no longer Super Bowl favorites. I wanted to check in on that. Chiefs are plus 450. Packers are plus 450. Those are the two Super Bowl favorites tied right now. Let's What's go. Up? What's up? Bucks are plus 650. Patriots are plus 900 with the fourth best odds, which I think is that's – a, that's a butt bet. That's a cheeks bet right there. I think my favorite bet of this, Chargers plus 3,000. That's good. I like that. Chargers are plus 3,000 to win the Super Bowl behind the Titans at plus 2,500. That makes no sense to me. I I, I like the Chargers plus 3,000 if you're betting Super Bowl bets here. Anyway, I'm going to bet the Bucks too because you know everyone talked about, oh, you don't want to face Belichick off a loss. Tom Brady spiked a Microsoft Surface into the turf in this loss against the Saints. I think he bounces back here for social media efforts alone, right? Like his social media is probably down this week, down in impressions per post, down in retweets, all that stuff. And one thing about the Chargers. Let's see what Tom Brady has tweeted. We haven't uh, 
hasn't really been discussed or like will be big for them down the stretch and plus 3,000 why I kind of like that bet. They still should get Brian Belaga back this season. And the difference between Brian Belaga and Storm Norton is massive. Like they go from that. If you get Brian Belaga into that offensive line, it could be top five to 10 offensive line in the NFL. So something to keep in mind. He's been practicing since late November. Still not sure when he'll end up playing, kind of like David Bakhtiari with Peck. Dude, Tom Brady's down bad right now. His latest tweet might have the worst copy he's ever had in a tweet. Honestly, it's like a clip from a podcast that looks like it was shot on a flip phone. Honestly, I spiked three tablets a week working on the New York Times mini crossword. Need to get it under control. No. That is the worst copy I've seen from the Brady account in years. Tom Brady's down. It's over. Dude. We're screwed. Social media guy is even hurting. Dude, he's hurting. Honestly, I spiked three tablets a week working on the NYT mini, NYT, New York Times mini crossword. Need to get it under control. That's like a classic I'm not owned. That's so I wasn't, I'm not mad. That is so poop. That's also showing his age to like the New York Times crossword. (laughs) (laughs) Like my mom does that. Oh, Tom Brady, Quinn's mom. Who would you rather have in the Super Bowl? It's a good question. All right. Ravens, Bengals. Bengals favored by two and a half. Guess what I'm doing? I'm fading the Cincy jungle. I don't think they win this one. Zach Taylor's offense will not throw more than 50% of the time against one of the worst secondaries in football right now, who's down Marlene Humphrey, down Marcus Peters. They're starting a guy who wears number 17 at corner. It's bad. And Zach Taylor still won't take advantage of it. He'll feed a banged-up Joe Mixon, who's questionable in this game with an injury. Feed me Tyler Huntley earning a starting gig elsewhere in this game as two-and-a-half-point dog on the road. Burrow carves up man coverage, and they have one of the best team cores in the league to get open against man coverage. They just won't throw this it, though. The, you're, you're forgetting the, the key I, piece. I, I, I understand that key piece. Even if it's just on third downs, though, I still trust the Bengals in this one. <laughs> I do? like the Bengals a lot. Really? I, 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 am Biggest I home game since the 15 debacle against the Steelers in the playoffs. Biggest home wow. game Wow. Quinn, where are you at in this game? Well, no, it's the biggest home game since that San Francisco 49ers game the other week, which they lost. But, uh, no, here's a stat for you guys. Jamar Chase against Marlon Humphrey last time they played, 201 yards. Yeah. Marlon yeah. Humphrey's not playing. So, ipso facto, Baltimore's secondary is better. So, all those yards are <laughs> gone. You know? Don't yeah. I don't hate yards it. Again. I mean, it all makes sense to me. It all makes sense to me. They should get Patrick McCarry back in this game. They should get Lamar Jackson back in this game. They're both questionable with injuries. They need, to, they need those guys back. McCarry's not even a good tackle, but you can't start Tyre Fire Phillips out there at right tackle anymore. They need to get healthy. And if the Ravens are healthy, I think they win. I think they win. Before we get to Chargers at Texans, proud sponsor of the show. Someone on the YouTube comments, by the way, becoming a rival of Tailgate. Why would I ever spend $1,000 on an X chair? Because you've never had a, you know, no, they said, why would I spend $1,000 on an office chair? You say that now because you never had a chair change your life. Have you ever had a chair change your life? I got you one right here. Working from home is more important now than ever. Optimize your home office with an X chair and many of our accessories to enhance your focus, productivity, energy, and comfort. Once you feel the customized support of X chairs, patented dynamic variable lumbar, there's no going back. It's all in the LMX massage and temperature regulation, exclusively designed and made for an X chair, made for X chair, reversal comfort, and extraordinary design, X chair fits any space, high performance, quality engineering, extreme comfort. Those are all the reasons I love my X chair. Now I can't wait to be at work. And sometimes even if I'm not working, I sit in my X chair just to get that feeling. Do you do that with your chairs now? No, because you're spending like 20 bucks a chair on Craigslist, going to garage sales, finding your damn chairs. 
Go to xchairtailgate.com now. That's xchairtailgate.com or call 1-844-XCHAIR for $100 off your first order. Xchair has a 30-day guarantee of complete comfort, and you can finance your purchase for as little as $30 a month. xchairtailgate.com. If you're watching on YouTube, check out the link in the description below. I don't know if it's like the mental side of knowing I took it or it's actually affecting me, but this this pre-workout has me in a fucking it's good, dude. absolute it's blunder. Good All right, Chargers-Texans. Texans are nine and a half point dogs at home. I put in here, this is our hold your nose and take it line. I put hold your nose. This is it. This is it. I mean, we don't like to talk much about the Texans because their butt. What are you going to talk about? I mean, they have, I will say, they have a lot of recognizable names. They, they like lead the league in teams and players that at one point people thought might be good. But now everyone's realized they're not. And so they play, for, that's why they play for the Texans. Um, but the Chargers, Nine and a half. That's that's cake, honestly. Like that that one is one of my favorite lines of the week. I am never going to back Davis Mills. Now, <laughs> there were commentators broadcasting the Jags game, and I was watching the Jags game because I had too much money on Bevel that said he's playing his way into an opportunity to start for this team in 2022. Have you seen any of that this year? I think if you don't address the quarterback position, he should start. Yes. Of course. Well, yeah. But no, you have to go address the quarterback position. Yeah. I will say this is a big, big, big stretch here for the Texans. We said on this podcast, Texans under four wins is your lock of the century. They got the Chargers, they got the 49ers, and they got the Titans. Yeah. And they got three wins. So we did not foresee the Jaguars being the most ass franchise this season <laughs> so rams at vikings vikings are three-point dogs at home i i like the vikings a little bit in this game to cover the three maybe they don't win to push the three maybe you wait for this to get to three and a half so you don't have that push opportunity but if Thielen comes back healthy vikings at home and a dome against rams i know the rams are rolling and they just beat the seahawks 2010 i like the vikings as a dog here i don't um i we didn't talk enough about whatever the hell Kirk was doing on Monday. He had 87 passing yards. We didn't talk about that one interception he threw. That was like the arm punt. Oh, yeah. That he was a galaxy-brained Kirk Cousins throwing it after Justin Jefferson fell down trying to draw the flag because of it. Yikes. No clue what he was. Like, that step too far, Kirk. You deserve that pass to be picked off. I just don't trust – one, I don't trust his offensive line trying to block Aaron Donald. I don't trust the interior of this offensive line not being able – to give Kirk Cousins literally any time in this game. So at that point, the Vikings offense is going to look like the Vikings offense did against the Bears. So give me the Rams to cover. All right, I'm fading the Rams. Bills at Patriots, another game of the weekend. Now, a lot of people, I think, want to back the Bills in this one because mm -hmm. last time these two teams played, they played in like the Snow Bowl, and it was an ugly game. I, don't, I think Mac Jones threw like two or three passes. This one in Foxborough won't be as aggressive from a weather perspective. Still, though, Patriots are favored by two and a half. Mac Jones coming off a loss. You don't want to see that man coming off a loss. And I think they should be healthier. Damian Harris, I think, is questionable to return in this game. I think you want him over Ramondre Stevenson and Brandon Bolden. I also think on the um, that they're expected to get back, I think, Another player as well, but I think I missed him. But either way, I think they'll be a bit healthier. Figure it out. I like the Patriots to cover and win this game. 
I like the Bills purely from an emotional standpoint. They have more to lose at eight and six. From an emotional standpoint. Uh, that's here. Here's the analysis. Do you know that BFF Beasley for. and Dawkins are on the COVID list? Currently. Oh, well, Beasley's actually out for sure, but I think Dawkins could come back. Um, from an emotional standpoint, they were probably, not probably, they were pissed after the last game. The stupid weather, 40 mile per hour winds, Sean McDermott not wanting to give Bill Belichick any credit. He's going to come out. That team is going to be fired the F up to play this Patriots team. And at 8-6, and six, they lose this game. They may not make the playoffs. Now, they have a kind of a cakewalk schedule in with the Falcons and Jets at home last two weeks. But this is a back against the wall. They could win the East with this win. So, give me the Bills. Game of the weekend. Game of the weekend. Yeah. Jags, t- Jets. Jets are favored by two and a half in a game that no one will watch. I said on this podcast, I'll never bet the Jags again, but here I am. Here I am considering them. Do it. Here I am considering the Jags. I'm going to back the Jags again. I'm not going to take the two and a half. I'm going to take them on the money line. Give me the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't know if it's the pre-workout or my brain. I like like the Jags. I, I think they, Trevor Lawrence has played better this year. They are not battered with injuries. I know they're throwing the Lake Treadwell, and I get that. But James Robinson should play more than 90% of the snaps in this game. Carlos Hyde, I think, officially on the injured reserve. The Jags are the better football team. The Jags, I know, are on the road, should win this game. I'm in on the Jags here. I will be taking the Jets at home. Now, not really any other reason other than the Jags just completely dysfunctional all over the place. And the Jets. And what are the Jets? They're not dysfunctional. They just have a bad quarterback. I think that's enough. I'd rather t- I take dysfunction with a good quarterback over bad quarterback without dysfunction. Fair. I'm I'm in on the, I'm in on the Jags, and I I won't watch the game because it was painful, dude. It was painful betting and watching the Jags. I will bet the Jags, but I will refuse to watch it. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see this game. Giants at Eagles. This was the line that I felt confused me. Okay. Eagles favored by ten and a half, and I know you hate talking about the Eagles. You hate talking about Jalen Hurts. <laughs> This line feels way too massive. He's talking about Jalen Hurts' future. I'll talk about him right now. This, this line feels way too big for an Eagles team that is admittedly good and on their way to cracking a playoff berth with Jalen Hurts and this running game and this offensive line that's been dominant. But Giants are considering starting Jake Fromm. We might not get Glennon in this game. I think that might be some life that the Giants need. 10 points in a, in a total that is right now at 42 I think the Giants show up a bit this week, and I think they cover that number. I don't think they win. I don't think the Giants win. Let me be clear. I don't think the Giants win. I I, I think they cover, though. So, Jake Fromm, fourth-round pick from the Bills, was so bad with the Bills, they wanted Mitchell Trubisky instead. Yeah. Couldn't beat out Mike Lennon. If he's starting, I mean, yes, granted, the Eagles just didn't cover this number, 10.5, against Garrett Gilbert in Washington. But Garrett Gilbert really showed some life, and they had some fluky plays like that heel interception. Give me the Eagles 10 and a half. Wow. They're roll. They're 175 that- straight, six straight games, 175 rushing yards or more. That running game is scary. That offensive I'm line, not sure I'd want the to offensive play this line team is rolling, dude. The offensive line yeah. is absolutely rolling. You watched the game last night. That was one of my biggest takeaways. They, 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 they had no chance. The offensive line was dominating. Yeah. Um, Bears at Seahawks. I I'm interested in waiting on this game a bit because it's so close to the key number seven. 
Mm-hmm. It opened at seven and then was bet down very quickly to six and a half. If it get back, if it gets back to seven, I'd probably bet the Bears. But at six and a half, I think the Seahawks cover, even with the disaster that is Russell Wilson. He has not played well this year. They're also banged up in a lot of places. Lockett missed this last game with COVID. Chris Carson's on the injury reserve. Rashad Penny left the game, I think, last night with an injury. I think this Seahawks team is not in a good place to blow out teams. They still have a good quarterback. They objectively have the better quarterback in this matchup. But they're not healthy enough, in my opinion, to blow out teams. If it gets back to seven, bet the Bears at six and a half, ride with the better quarterback at home, covering a touchdown spread. I think that's the thing. They're just not a team you feel great about covering a big number, you know, with the way that offense has looked of late. And we didn't talk too much about the Bears and their defense on Monday night, but they look good with backups in there. Thomas Graham. My guy, six-round pick, had a monster game. Three pass breakups in that game. It is his very debut. first, his first yeah, very first NFL game. Really liked what I saw from him. He's a top 75 player in the PFF draft board coming out. So, excited to see what he can do. And like I said, six and a half is just too much for a team with the Seahawks offensively. Excited to watch that game. Mm-hmm. Steelers at Chiefs. Chiefs are favored by seven and a half. This line opened up at nine and a half. And it was bet down to seven and a half. If you continue to see that, in my opinion, if you continue to see this game get to like seven, take the Chiefs, dude. Right now, it looks like a lot of the money is on the Steelers to cover right now. And I think you'll still see that money with the hook, right? Seven well, and a half. It, you know why it's because it's Tyreek Hill yeah. on COVID list. That's why. Moves and, the spread by two. And Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey on the COVID list as well? Yes. Oh, I didn't see it. Oh, and Chris Jones? Tyree Kill, Chris Jones, Travis Kelsey, and Rashad Fenton, and Charvarius Ward all on the COVID list. There you go. If, That's why. If, they, if they're out all of those guys, I might bet the Steelers. I mean, Charvarius Ward and Rashad Fenton are like legit like starters for them. Yeah. They lose their top corners. They lose their top two pass catchers. I think this game yeah, is if, close. If this holds, like those guys don't play. I mean, the Steelers buys eight, or plus, plus eight, excuse me. Steelers getting eight points is the bet in this one. Yeah, by a wide margin. In my I mean, Tyreek Hill but. ranks fourth in war, PFF war, wins above replacement at his position. Chris Jones ranks fifth at his position, and Travis Kelsey ranks second. Three top five players at their position could be out of this game for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. At that point, one, it'll be a nice thought, not thought, thought experiment, but it'll be a nice change of pace to see what Mahomes looks like without Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Have we seen that before? Both those guys out? I'm trying to think. I don't think so. I, we've seen one, one or the other time. out, yeah. but both? Mahomes looks human. The total has also been bet down from 46 to 44 and a half, obviously, with those players on the COVID list. I didn't catch that news, and I apologize. I apologize, Chiefs Kingdom. Yeah. Before we get to the latter slate here, tis the season of giving DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving you a Christmas present you won't want to regift. A common thing. New customers can bet just $5 on any of the four NFL teams playing on Christmas and win $150 in free bets if they're victorious. Why not win some green and put some extra jingle in your pocket? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PFF. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win on Christmas Day and win $150 in free bets if they're victorious. That's promo code PFF. 
this Christmas at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. But through 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required. One per customer restriction supply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Call gam- gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I feel like the gambling problem phone number should be 1-800-like-don't-gamble, right? Like Or like... Because you don't want to, you know, talk about the Atomic Habits book. You're yeah. identifying as a gambler. Gamble. 1-800-GAMBLE-NOW. <laughs> I think, I Sounds think like it, you'd call that if you wanted to gamble more. You know, like yeah. you wanted to put a bet down. 1-800-GAMBLER is a bookie. Yeah. <laughs> He's yeah. like, what do you need? <laughs> I got, I got, I actually got that chief slide at minus six and a half. It's an Italian guy in the back of a... Greasy gym. Sa- sandwich place. No, go ahead. Broncos at Raiders is next on our list here. Raiders are actually favored by one and a half. Drew Locke, I think, is expected to start in this game. Teddy Bridgewater, I don't think we talked about this in the Monday review show, took a really bad hit in that game. And I think we'll miss this game with a concussion or in concussion protocols. I think even on the road, this Denver Broncos team slows the Raiders offense down significantly, just as the Raiders did against a practice squad Browns team where they only scored 16 points. They'd be lucky to clear that number against the Broncos. Broncos just held Zach Taylor and the Cincinnati Bengals, who people believe is a deep piece postseason contender, is not me, to just 15 points or 15, 16 points in that game. I think the Raiders' offense looks horrendous, and that defense gets yeah. beat up enough, maybe lets up two touchdowns to Drew Locke and the Denver Broncos, so much that they lose this game. I like Broncos on the money line. I do as well for what we've been saying. Shit. The Raiders scored more than 16 points once in the last seven games. Couldn't even cover two and a half against the Browns team with everyone out. Um, Broncos, yes, without Teddy Bridgewater, but I mean, him versus Drew Locke, Locke scored more points in that last game. I mean, they're not too terribly dissimilar from a pure how is the offense going to score points perspective. So, give me the Broncos. Sunday night football. Football team at Cowboys. Cowboys favored by 10.5, or yeah, 10.5 in this game. The line has not moved a ton, not a lot of money bet on this game thus far. Heineke is expected to be back in this game, though, right? Believe so, but I uh, feel like this line's too big. This line's way too big for a divisional matchup on prime time. Ten and a half is massive, and if football team adds Fuller back from you know the reserve COVID list, Heineke back is you know I have I've been rude to Heineke and not called him a good quarterback, but he's objectively better than Garrett Gilbert. Getting him back, I think, will be big, and I think that's enough, right? I think that's enough to cover ten and a half against a Cowboys team that has not, you know, really looked all that great. Like, they haven't blown out teams. They've been kind of up and down. I like the Washington football team to cover 10.5. I do as well. If Heineke's healthy, for sure, in this one. They're not – the defense play better. Like, 10.5 is just a monster number with how kind of just mid the Cowboys offenses look to play. Yeah. Mid? Is that a – do people say mid? I do. I've started saying it. Are you happy? Are you proud that you're saying it? Middling. It's short for middling. Love it. Dolphins at Saints. Monday night football barn burner. I'm excited. I am too, actually. I really like this. This is the game where Tua could silence some doubters here. Yeah. Saints are favored by three with Taysom Hill starting at quarterback and a really good defense. We could all call it a really good defense. They have risen to the occasion. I think what? Dolphins are on a six game winning streak with Tua's average depth of target like three yards. Can they do it? Can they do it against a very good defense? Can Tua Tungawailoa silence some doubters against a very good defense? Yes, I believe so. And it's because I think Jalen Waddle will be back in this game. And they, winners of six straight, 
are still sneakily in the playoff conversation. So for that, those reasons, give me the Dolphins. The other reason being to, uh, the Saints are still starting Taysom Hill. And, I mean, they won last week. They only scored nine points. So for all those reasons, give them the Dolphins. You're backing the Dolphins? Backing the Dolphins in this one. I'm going to fade it. I'm going to fade the Dolphins. I think they're on a winning streak. This line's only three because they've obviously had a lot of success down the stretch. I think their defense has played better. Tua has played better. But this Saints defense, Dennis Allen and his man boobs, it's going to lock them down. Absolutely lock them down. I like Dolphins. I like Saints. Minus you just wanted to bring it up. That's the only reason you took Saints in that one. You just wanted to bring <laughs> I'm backing boobs. What's wrong with that? You sound like Clay Travis right now. Clay Travis says that? He was the one who like went on TV and is like, I believe in like two things, boobs and... He said speech that? or something. Yeah, it was pretty hard over. I believe in two things. Tennis Allen's two breasts. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the only two things. Uh, Left and right breasts of Tennis Allen. Jack, let, let, shall we get to trivia and then the mailbag? Sure. Or do we want to do mailbag then trivia? Mailbag then trivia. All right. Before we get to trivia, can I can I give us a proud sponsor? Yeah. Want a chance to win the ultimate game day fees? Whether it's football success or financial savvy, winning starts with us asking asking us questions. Would you like to know what it's like behind the scenes with Allen Sunday Night Football? How about I need to know for your financial future? Western Southern is teaming up with PFF's very own Chris Collinsworth to share insights that can help put you ahead on both your fantasy and financial scoreboards. Every submission earns you a chance to win the ultimate feast to celebrate football's favorite Sunday. We'll cover your catering up to, catering up to 2500 coordinate your order from a restaurant near you, and have it delivered on February 13, 2022. And don't forget to check out the Chris Collinsworth podcast and Western Southern's Instagram for answers to the best questions each week. Submit your questions at westernsouthern.com slash askchris. One more time, that is westernsouthern.com slash askchris. If you're watching on YouTube, check out the link in the description below. Remember, with Western Southern, you can rest assured on game day. Mailbag. This is from Jackboy512. I think he's left a question before. Jackboy feels familiar. Thoughts on the Cardinals' usage of Rondell Moore? You commented on this a little bit earlier in the show. Thought they do, I thought they'd try to do what 49ers are doing with Debo Samuel, but it doesn't seem like they're being creative as they should as creative as they should be. Oh, I agree. I mean, one, he's he is still a rookie. You don't I'm not necessarily sure you have to shoehorn in this new role for one rookie they drafted, second round pick. Like I'm not too upset about it. But I do think they're kind of I, – I think he's more than what they're giving him credit for. Like if they just gave him the role that you see Antoine Wesley playing right now in their offense, he would do it better than Antoine Wesley. He would be more dynamic. It would, it would create a more explosive offense than sh having effing Antoine Wesley out there. Sorry, he's just like – he's not an explosive downfield threat. He's just an average – they're not an average wide receiver. He's a very, very below average wide receiver for the NFL. So I'm, I'm a little sad as a Rondell Moore fan, as a as someone who's called him fun to watch, called him a fun to watch Hall of Famer, in fact. But I, 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 I'm not surprised, I'll say. If it's happening next year again, then we can talk about being worried. We didn't really talk about how – we had the fun to watch segment on Monday's show. And then Dyer Callagher, the Mercedes Lewis fun to watcher, tweets oh, yeah. out the clip. And then Packers Kingdom oh. came after us. Yeah. They, they I know I saw you fighting a little bit in the trenches saying it was a joke segment oh, or whatever, was, yeah. but like people people were like, oh, sorry, you don't think Mercedes Lewis is fun to watch? You're a piece of shit. Tell that to his teammates. 
Tell that to the locker room. <laughs> Someone said that. Tell it to his teammates. I'll tell it to his teammates that where Aaron Rodgers are you listening. Mercedes Lewis is not as fun to watch as you. Wow. You whispered that. You kind of backed down. It's not as fun to watch as you. Say it with your chest. Down. Say it with your chest. Devontae and Aaron. It's not as fun to watch as you. You're not saying it with your chest. Scream it. I'm not going to scream. <laughs> I, I still feel and stand by the statement that Mercedes Lewis is not fun to watch relative to other fun to watch players. He's not the most fun to watch player on the Green Bay Packers. We're <laughs> debating fun to watch the, the merits of how fun a guy is. How Tell that to his teammates. All right. Tell to his teammates. This is from Colonel Lynch on Apple Podcasts. Any UCF prospects to keep an eye on? Obviously a UCF fan. No, not this year. Not for this year's draft, sorry. But so they had their best prospects probably transfer from Tennessee, the left tackle, Marcus Tatum. But even he is, I doubt, going to get drafted. They do have a sophomore cornerback, though, Devontae Brown, who I am intrigued by. True sophomore, so he's not draft eligible. But he's been starting since freshman year. 6'2", 200. Intrigued. Intrigued. Call him intrigued. This is Yo, It's Alabu on Apple Podcasts. Should the Giants double down on O-line with both picks in the top 10? Evan Neal and Tyler Linderbaum. This year, I don't hate it. I will also say it's a strong edge class, so maybe go... Like that would be another position to attack considering who the Giants have at edge. But I, I don't hate it. I think we've had people talking about this before with how bad the Giants' offensive line is. And also, just with where they are, we talk about some other teams that are down bad. The Giants are not only not particularly talented, as indicated by the record. They only have $3.5 million cap space next year. Yeah, they're bottom five in cap they, space. They had to just convert salary to bonus for their punter, Riley Dixon, and tight end Kyle Rudolph, who's in his, who's the same age as me because we're the same class in Notre Dame. That is not good. I'm not that at the age where you want to be converting my salary to bonus. I'll just tell you that right now. I love that you just fit in that you guys are in the same class at Notre Dame. Yeah. I've always, in, I've always felt that you and Kyle Rudolph are so similar. Yeah, he was in O'Neill to start. Uh, <laughs> he actually won Bookstore Basketball. I never did, sadly, his freshman year. But... So they only have $3.5 million cap space with a quarterback on a rookie deal, mind you. So they can't even, like, bring in. Everyone's talking about, oh, Russell Wilson wants to go to the Giants. Like, that's getting floated around. They're going to have to do some fucking magic to even get that. And then if you do draft Russell Wilson, he's probably going to want those two offensive linemen. So, yeah, I, I do think offensive line, value positions, got to be where you go. But, I mean, that for me, right, like Evan Neal, tackle, yes. But Linderbaum, Linderbaum center, much, you yeah, probably so. move away from that, right? You try, so, uh, try yeah. to go get an edge. I would like a tackle. And an edge. Yeah. If I if my ideal for the Giants would be something like a George Karloftis and a Charles Cross, that yeah. would be or Evan Neal if he's there. Yeah, that's I think that's I, I, I agree with that. What I, I came out with the mock drafts and I had Linderbaum falling to I think like outside the top fifteen, outside the top twenty. Yeah, you're a fucking hater. What's the lowest like? So like you're on the clock for a team, Linderbaum slipping. What is what is yeah. the pick where you're like absolutely no, I'm not letting get past. It's such a. Crazy hypothetical. Whoever's on the board. I mean, he's what? Eighth on the PFF? Board, yeah. Something Are you like taking that? him in the top 10? Yeah. Really? Yes. Wow. Center top 10. Love to see it. All right. This is from Nicholas Sack on Apple. Besides Darian Kennard, the offensive tackle likely converting to guard at the next level out of Kentucky, who are other Kentucky prospects to know? Thoughts on Will Levis and Wandale Robinson. I like Wandale. I like Wandale. Levis is kind of erratic. He he'll he has NFL you know tools quote unquote size and arm but I, not a massive fan of his he might not even get drafted honestly but Wandale I am a fan uh, he's one of the best gadget players in the country but I think he's far more 
than just that as opposed to like Tutu Atwell, D. Eskridge, who went, shit, they went second round last year. I still can't believe that. But he's far more of like a complete wide receiver. You could see him just being like a productive, true slot in an offense at the next level. So, Wondell, I'm a fan of. I think he's going to be a top. I think he's probably going to be a day two pick. Uh, I will also say that Yusuf Corker, their safety, what? big physical dude. That's his name, Yusuf Corker. I've been highlighting him for a couple of years. He's like 6'2", little over 200, physical sort of box safety. He actually will be at the Senior Bowl. And Josh Pascal, their edge rusher, will be at the Senior Bowl too. He's got a unique body type. He's 6'3", 278 though. He's like that short, stout, like almost James Harrison-esque build or Brandon Graham-esque where it's just like not long, but those guys are difficult for tackles to deal with because they just are – Techs can't get that well. They're, they're just standing him up every single time. So he's a unique dude. I'm interested to see what he does at the senior bowl. Could Those two, I, I don't think Corker's probably a day three guy. I could see Pascal sneaking his way towards a top two pick. Yeah. Corker, I hardly even know her. Yeah, that was the joke I was going to Beat make. you guys Quinn. to it. What Beat the you to hell? it. AG, you got owned on that. Corker. That's your joke. Yusuf Corker. If I run into him at the senior bowl, I might have to tell him. I've hardly known him. <laughs> like a boy, 6'6". Six, six underscore six as a struggling Jags fan should they trade out of the top three to accrue more picks or stay and take someone now that they're number one overall you take Hutchinson yeah or or Thibodeau right I think just Hutchinson um I wouldn't trade down because I don't think anyone's going to want to trade up is the thing you're not going to get a haul you're not going to get a haul there's no QB so I like staying taking Hutchinson someone someone also commented on the YouTube video from this morning or last morning, whatever, recording on Wednesday. Um, Austin, why aren't you telling the Jags and Jets to draft a quarterback? Don't they need to just keep drafting a quarterback until they find one? If they, if the Jack, if this quarterback class was sick, and say there was a guy that was like consensus number one overall, yeah, I, I mean, you trade out or take him. You know, like that's that's the bottom line. Like you would not just sit and take Aiden Hutchinson if there was a number one overall worthy quarterback in this class. Mm-hmm. Same with the Jets. The Jets are in the top three. Zach Wilson hasn't played well. You are taking a quarterback or you're trading out to gather more picks. Because if the quarterback value is at the top, it's what you have to do. But then we've also said it, it depends on the investment, your evaluation. Mm-hmm. And that was the Josh Rosen versus Kyler Murray. Yeah. You had a much higher grade in Kyler Murray. You go for Kyler Murray because Josh Rosen is showing you nothing. Yes. You have a much higher grade on the teams at the top of the draft last year. Uh, you have much higher grade on Justin Fields than he did Tua Tagovailoa coming out. You go with Justin Fields because that, that incremental sense. difference is worth more. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, if the Jags. So if you have a higher grade exactly on Kenny Pickett than you did Trevor Lawrence, by all means, take Pickett Kenny number one overall. Yeah. Or with the Jets, if you have a higher grade on Corral or Willis or Howell or anyone, yeah. by all means, take them. But I doubt you will. But I doubt exactly. Yeah. Exactly. This is from. God damn it. I'm a piece of shit. I just dropped the mic. Give me a second. Brock G32 didn't drop the mic, but he did leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Thoughts on Pay and Deo Odiengbo, who are good receivers. Oh, that, let's just start there. Thoughts on Pay and Deo Odiengbo. Quiddy, go listen to yesterday's episode where we talked about a confidence level, the very first rounder, but I believe we gave him a seven. Yeah. Pretty confident in Pay, like we've seen in the flash so far. Deo, I mean, he's coming back from a court, torn Achilles. Only got back, I believe, week eight. He's only played 115 snaps. He's just not completing anything. He hasn't graded well. Hasn't done much. So, second part of the question that was to be expected. Though. Second part of the question: Who are good wide receivers, OTs, cornerbacks to attack for the Colts on day two? Ooh, fuck! I actually didn't get to that part when I was prepping this. What a piece of shit. We'll prep. We'll save that for next week. Was JT picked too high at 41? That one. 
Uh, I don't believe so. No. Jonathan Taylor. Why do you feel like he fell? You didn't even have Jonathan Taylor as your running back one. I did not. Had DeAndre Swift. Uh, he fell because, like, right now, like he's probably like top three running back. I don't in the think NFL, that's maybe top necessarily two. falling comparatively, but he is very. He still is kind of a straight line type of running back, and not. I mean, Derrick Henry went later than that, and so that was kind of the guys who, I guess, wow, are the shiftier guys, and then the straight line guys, are the guys kind of dominating the NFL, straight line explosive guys. Maybe mm-hmm. NFL needs to, and myself need to reevaluate what. Value with court running back position. Last thing, also, Austin, why are you a Colts hater? You always seem to pick against us. Hashtag call that's, out. That's the one I prepped for. I I am a Colts hater. I'll wear it like a fucking badge because they don't have a good quarterback. That's the bottom line. The bottom line. I, I mean, he's a I, Wentz hater. Yeah, I'm a, a Wentz hater. hater. I'm a Wentz. I don't think Carson Wentz is good. And if you're a Colts fan and you watched him play at any, you know, especially this past game, you you can't say he's good. Like Carson Wentz isn't good. And the best teams in the playoffs have good quarterbacks. Colts don't. Now. They have exceeded expectations, including my own, with how they've run the football and how Iberflus has cooked up that D. I, I still am not backing Carson Wentz deep in the postseason. I can't. I won't. Don't. Broken Alley on Apple Podcast said, what should the Washington football team do in the draft and free agency? These are my favorite questions. Am I crazy to want to draft Malik Willis and sit him for a year? I don't think you're crazy. Behind who? And honestly, I think you could probably get Malik Willis in the second round. So I think where he's trending at this point. After yeah. What he- how we finished this season and he just looks so raw still in a number of ways guy just in the passing offense he was in at liberty is a firmly a project so yes if you're drafting him you're going to sit him for a year i will just say he's not a guy getting thrown to the fire even if he goes 20th in the draft so you're not crazy not crazy at all I, they are it, crazy though if they start taylor heineke another season yeah come on they what they should do is make serious plays for established starters whether it's honestly my the one i would want the most if i'm washington and this is going to sound stupid but i think they're already in the mix for him earlier the year it's tua because i think miami wants deshaun watson badly miami is going to try to trade for deshaun watson most likely will be the even after Tua's heater for deshaun watson i just think they do and then at that point Tua is going to be expendable and i think that is who you want if you're washington because you still have cost control you have the cheapness you have a guy entering year three sort of the prime of the rookie quarterback deal where we've seen guys you know that's where Kyler Murray's in right now yeah, like we've seen guys have years where they take that next step to superstar status and lead teams to playoffs that is who I would be targeting if I am Washington at the quarterback position I think I think that's a, a better a better route than where they're currently trending. I think they going after a quarterback maybe on day two, like a Malik Willis, or if another one of those top quarterbacks falls, and then trying to go get a, a, a Tua or another quarterback to start because Heineke isn't it? Because I think their window with how much talent they have on rookie deals right now, and they've drafted fairly well, and they have a number of impact players with it's Terry McLaurin, Chase Young, Montez Sweat. They have those guys. If you draft a quarterback and that's you make him the guy, say it's, I don't know, Matt Corral, whatever, and you're not going to be in a great position to draft quarterback anyway yet again. You draft a guy and make him, that's, again, it's not going to happen. Then it's next year. You're kind of washing next year, too. Like, you're not going to win a court, win with a mid-round rookie quarterback. You're not going to win it all. So I say that as the Patriots may win it all this year with that. But I, I don't think that – I think that puts you behind the eight ball for yet another year, and you could be just flushing that pick down the drain. So that's where I would go is with Tua. Because they got $61 million in cap space yeah. in 2022. They got spaced. They got plays they can make. So, 
This is from William N.D. Fan, Notre Dame guy. Thoughts on Villanova linebacker Forrest Ryan? Haven't ground a ton of Forrest Ryan tape, but you did add one of my favorite quotes I think I've seen from a player this year. This is from Matt Zimmer. Villanova linebacker Forrest Ryan, who had 21 tackles today. This is from a couple weeks ago. When asked what it means to lead the league or lead the nation in tackles, he said nothing. I love that. That's phenomenal. Forrest Ryan's a football guy. Very much. He's also got a football name, Forrest yeah. Ryan. So he is a redshirt senior, 6'1", 235. I haven't actually seen any bowl invites for him in terms of Shrine Bowl, Senior Bowl, whatever. But I, I think as Shah's late rounder, I think he's a special teamer at worst. I don't think he's a bad athlete, but he's not a plus athlete. I, I venture to say off his tape, he's like a high four sixes, maybe low four sevens in the running back position. And, and he's not an explosive dude at 235, like him taking on blocks. He goes backwards, not the offensive lineman, not the guy he hits. So he, he's kind of a evade blocks instead of take on blocks, which is not if you're that guy at the NFL level, you better be a high end athlete. You know, you better run a four, six or lower. So kind of probably gonna be a special teamer. Limited length, not like the tools that NFL looks for, but very instinctive player. Reminds me a lot of Bengals legend, Joe Bacci, who's just started playing for them. It was a UDFA, I think, coming out of Michigan. R. I. P. Joe Bacci. Did, did he get? Did he he get tore hurt? his ACL. I think it was on that same play that um, Teddy took the face plant. Oh shit! And I didn't I, know that. I think Teddy got carted off, and Joe Bocci tore his ACL. Oh, yeah, that's brutal. He lives yeah. in my building. He was playing good too. Yeah, I see him a handful of times. Uh, Bocci does. Yeah, he lives in my building. Sad, but that's who he kind of reminds me of on tape. Quinn, I don't ask for a lot, but if you saw the picture I just dropped in tailgate of Forrest Ryan, can you please? Put it on the YouTube. This guy is a football guy through and through. He looks like he wears a neck roll. He looks like I he hope he eats wears neck, neck roll. rolls with water in the morning. This guy is a monster. I think he needs to be invited to an all-star bowl. More attention needs to be put to that facial hair decision. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Is he trying. that facial hair decision looks like he's uh which Amish? Is he Amish? Potentially. Can we get a can we get an Amish comfort? Yeah. <laughs> um check. check. Amish check. This is from Joko Ba, not Forrest Ryan. I think he's done this before. Joko Ba is a big, proud favorite. I asked earlier about Jordan Davis and the Chargers. He did. After watching more film in the SEC Championship, I wouldn't take him in the first round. I like that. No get-off, nothing to offer in the pass rush. He has good feet, but I didn't see anything special besides winning with size. I just don't think he'll translate well to the NFL. Your thoughts? Bust watch? Question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> That's a fucking early bust watch. <laughs> that, I, I said this a while back, though, man. I said uh, I don't think he's first round type of player. He's kind of where you draft a good running back because that's what he impacts. You know, that's what he does. He impacts those handful of run snaps a game. And I just don't... Now, I will say he's a little bit more rare of an athlete or specimen than Derek Brown was coming out, but he's far less polished. Like, he's... He might not... He might not even be a good run defender out the gate with how just, like... It, it seems like nothing comes naturally quite to him, and that's why he's in year four and still not seeing the field as much as you know other defensive tackles there are for Georgia. So, yeah, I'm just going to be lower on him here at PFF. I, I don't think he falls out of the first round. I, I, so I said he's first on lock because yeah. of that. People still love that. People I mean, he won the butt kiss or the 
He won the all Neric, the Bagneric Award yeah, and so. the Outland Trophy. He was the best defensive player in the year this year. How could you not draft him in the first round? I didn't have him going in the first round in my latest mock draft, but that was because I was GM of all 32 teams. I do think he ultimately goes in the first round. Um, but there are legitimate concerns about him impacting the pass and him being on the football field a ton. All right. This is from Glaze Train on Apple. As it appears more and more likely the Bears will be moving on from Matt Nagy, what is the path to go down for head coach? Former coach who has been revived as a coordinator, Leslie Frazier, top bowls, or a young up-and-coming coordinator, Kellen Moore, Leftwich, Dable? Which route is the best way to go to unlock Justin Fields and his potential? So I like offensive-minded head coach. And this is gonna this might sound a little nuts, but my ideal, if I was a Bears fan, which I'm not, and I'm not trying to sabotage him here with suggesting this. My ideal candidate from Chicago Bears is Josh McDaniels. I think he's been flexible with his offenses over the years. You saw how he made Cam Newton look like a passable quarterback last year as opposed to what's happening this year. You know, that in and of itself, that vast difference, almost says vast difference there, uh, it is big. That's That is coaching, in my opinion. That's... I think Josh McDaniels is who I would want for Justin Fields. Now, obviously, New England's offense doesn't look like the offense you would want for Justin Fields. I am close, to be honest. But the fact that McDaniels has schemed to and made Mac Jones look so good right out the gate with an offense that fits him, I just think that is he is a flexible play caller who would scheme to Justin Fields and build an offense that fits him. So I believe that's who I would take one. And then my other two candidates I would suggest are Brian Dable and Byron Leftwich. I like Dable. I think Dable needs an opportunity with either Fields or Lawrence because obviously both those opportunities opportunities, <laughs> opportunities should be opening up. I think Dable to one of those guys I think makes a ton of sense. I think he – it all depends on like if he wants – because he's a big Buffalo guy, right? I think he's from Buffalo or in that area. I think him sticking with Josh Allen and that team and trying to compete for Super Bowls every year is definitely a possibility. But if he wants a head coaching opportunity, I think he'll get offers. And I think Jacksonville and Chicago – between those two, I'd probably lean Jacksonville with Lawrence, but I think one of those opportunities would be great. Definitely don't go to the Giants, though. The Giants, that you're gonna need. That's a Leslie Frazier situation, right? <laughs> who the hell? Who the hell is going to the Giants? Except like a young and up and coming coordinator. They're keeping Joe Judge. That's what they're doing. That's true. I think that's fair. Fine. All right. This is Jordan Shore on Twitter. With guys like Debo Samuel, Cordero Patterson, best running back in the NFL. Love that. Who are hybrid receiver running back types? Is it possible we'll ever see teams starting to line up their own big-bodied receivers in the backfield and getting carries? I think like A.J. Brown or D.K. types, even Devontae Adams. So I don't. I honestly don't love that long-term. Like what the Debo Samuel, because it's such a low, low margin usage for a guy like that. Like you're subjecting him to hits, and he's already had an injury history. I don't love that long-term. Like if you need a must-win game, you're in the playoffs – Sure, by all means, start to break those plays out the playbook. But giving Debo Samuel, I don't know, 50 carries over the course of the season is just asking for him to get hurt more. And like I said, it's low leverage as pairs, as opposed to his downfield targets. So I like it more with your number two, number three type of wide receivers. Mm -hmm. If you have... Yeah, Devontae Adams back there would be insane. Yes, yes. so if you have a secondary guy like LaVisca Chennault, mm -hmm. like what the Jags should have been doing in the fucking first place with LaVisca instead of drafting... Travis Etienne to be that role, like a Amar Rogers for the Packers, like a Rondell Moore for the Cardinals. Like if you have that guy who's your ancillary wide receiver, that should also he should also double and can run and is dynamic with the ball in his hands. Put him there. I, I do think this is a this will be 
this will, is a role that will only grow in the future. What we've seen from Cordero Patterson, there will be more guys like that. In this year's class, the guys I would say kind of fit that bill, Sky Moore from Western Michigan, Dontario Drummond from Ole Miss, and I'd even give a shout to maybe David Bell from Purdue. Wow, so Bell. That could, that could rock that type of dual threat role. All right, that's mailbag. That's the mailbag. Shall we get to trivia? Let's do it. All right. Uh, first time, I, maybe it's the first time this is an all user or listener submitted mailbag. Perk or, Angel? True. Yeah. Per, oh, you know Perk. Perk, Perk actually sent two. Our we king. need to, uh, we Our should, literal king. Yeah. We should like hook him up with some merch. Dude, if he reaches something. out to me, send me a DM, yeah, Perk, tweet and us. I will get you something. Yeah. Uh, so, first one from Perk, obviously. Only three wide receivers have won Offensive Rookie of the Year since 2000. Who are they? That's a good question. Since 2000. Since 2000. Anquan Bolden. Yep. 2003. Um, since 2000. Randy? Negative. He was at before 2000. Duh. He was like Come 98 on, or something. Oh. Bolden has the rookie receptions record. Justin Jefferson didn't win it. Yeah. Even though Negative. he broke the. So. Gosh, who else? Who was the last? Odell Beckham. Yeah, two thousand. Uh, yeah, twenty thirteen. And then, oh come on, one more. Do you want a year? Yeah, give me the year. Two thousand nine. Two thousand nine. Michael Crabtree. Negative. Oh, what the fuck? Crabtree was oh nine though. Who the hell was else? Was oh nine? Who was? Oh, and I was Hayward Bay Macklin year. I don't think Percy Harvin. Percy Harvin. There you go. Wow. Good job. Uh, All right, here we go. Number two. It's uh, it's obviously Perk again because that's what he does. Our guy. Micah Parsons should become the first Cowboy to ever win Defensive Rookie of the Year. Name three of the four Cowboys who have won Offensive Rookie of the Year. Snack Prescott. Yep. Dakota. Um. Three of the four Cowboys. Michael Irvin? No, not Michael Irvin. Emmett Smith? Emmett Smith, yeah. Julius Jones? No. Troy Aikman? Not Troy Aikman. You're just throwing shit at me. No, I'm just, dude, when you ask me like these historical questions, I mean, that's not, that's not a terrible guy. Like, of all the great players that have come through Dallas, just like throw some shit out. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I thought Julius Jones had a good rookie. I'm trying to think. Hmm. These do go back a little bit, though. Deep cuts, too. Um, who's the... Staubach? No, not that far back. Okay, that was deep back. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think... Did he even wear a face mask? I don't know. Was did that, he ever play in, like, color TV? Uh, actually, Roger Staubach, Cincinnati guy, went to Purcell Marion High School. Interesting. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. All right. Positions? Who are the positions these guys? Uh, running back. Both running backs. Well, one's running back. I got to look up who the other one is. <laughs> Those are deep cuts. They are deep cuts. Um, God, running back. Not recently, though. It was an old running back. Yeah, both running backs. Just looked it up. What years? What were the years of them? Uh, really got, digging deep for the, the hints. One here. of them is 74 years old. Kill me. I Kill me. <laughs> Currently. I don't care. <laughs> What is it? 
Uh, uh, who are they? Tony Dorsett. Okay. Fine. See, I thought that would have been a, a, the yeah. one that you would get. And then Calvin Hill. Oh, Calvin Hill. One of my favorite players. Yeah. I mean, who could forget that? I know? mean, Calvin Hill literally changed the game. Dorsett, I fucked up. That's up there. Yeah. All right. Last one from Eric Durr on Twitter. ED. Aiden Hutchinson could become the third Michigan Wolverine ever taken number one overall. The first was Tom Harmon, a running back in 1942, which again, I mean, my king. Who doesn't remember that? I remember that, that one. Uh, who was the second? Jake Long. Yeah, Jake Long. Jake Long was sick. Jake Long For was For like sick. a few years, and yeah. he, what he's like, his knees went to shit. But. Yeah, all pro, four-time pro bowler. Yeah. That's it. That's all I got. Know your co-host. Oh, I didn't bring one this week. What's yours? I, don't I, I remember we were talking a little bit before the show what my favorite, what like your all-time Christmas present was. Um, my what was mine as a kid? What was yours? I, f- I thought of it. I finally remember the one I was like most shocked by and most excited. Oh, for. okay. Um, I don't know. You got a browser subscription <laughs> as a child? <laughs> no, well, so, given with how young you are, browsers probably was around. So, uh, as a kid, I um had to live in a different home for a little bit so i was being like kind of like fostered by a friend's family yeah and it was my first christmas with their family and i was a big clay matthews guy remember i had the sack celebration yeah. kind of like clay matthews they got me a fat head the size of like that window of clay matthews celebrating a sack and like i had a bed like on the ground and it literally took up my entire wall so i slept next to clay matthews for like a, like two years it was fucking lit uh, it was matthews. very very cool i, I tried to take it with me when i went off to college yeah they're like don't taking move. off the wall. It was a joke. They used to advertise you could just pull it off and put it back up. Nah. No. Those were up once they were up. Are uh, fat heads still cool? If I got one for my studio apartment, um, I'm talking to like the girls out in Cincinnati, <laughs> the single girls. Like, would you guys be cool with it? Like, if Clay Matthews was like on my ceiling or something, just let me know. Just yeah, shoot me a fat heads had a day. We were, oh, and they're like cheap now. 30 bucks for a fat head. They used to be like 100 bucks. Um, well, should I get you a bunch of fatheads? Just every Packers player? <laughs> no. Jordan Love? Please, God. No. All Jordan Love's fatheads. Um, all right. I, come, I came up with one that's in the similar vein. But what was uh, the first ever football video game I got was not Madden. It was 1997 what game for Nintendo 64? 97? Yeah. Was it like the original Mario? Football game. Oh, like, oh Blitz. No. Um, Blitz was like my second football game. Can I take a guess? Yeah. NFL quarterback club. Quarterback club. What the uh, yeah. hell is N- that? NFL QB club 98 was my big one. Was it cool? It yeah. was fucking awesome. Quarterback club was sweet. First game I think I ever had was like on the Sega Dreamcast. I might have yeah. had like Sonic 2K. or oh, something. I, was, I think Sonic was like the first game I ever had. 2K was sweet on the Dreamcast. Was Dreamcast was I like changed the Bring game back the Dreamcast. That's going to do it for today's show. What an awesome show. Uh, thanks again for the pre-workout. I think I'm going to leave it in here for now, but then bring it back. Um, until next time, until after Christmas, make sure you have a happy Christmas, holidays, etc. Have fun with the fam, eat a ton of food, and come back ready to rip it up with the boys on Tailgate. Until next time, Austin Gale, Mike Renner, Tailgate. Happy Honda days. Honda days? You haven't seen that commercial? I don't think I have. Yeah. Happy also, Lexus December to remember, too. Yeah. Happy December to remember. <laughs> <laughs>